0: My name is Mark Solomon, and this is Never Was. I never was a producer. I was never a producer because uh, I just... I didn't have the skills Sure I had opinions I had ideas But without the skill The craft Or frankly the ability to do anything more than uh, What I could the day I was born I never was a producer I never had the skill set to take what a band brought to the studio and, And then elevate it And make it more than it was At the end of it all If I'm being honest, I was never more than a contributor, you know, another contributor to the final product. I'm okay with that, you know, Uh, this is not, this is, this is no, this is not a crisis for me, okay? Um, why? Why is that? Why is that, Mark? Well, there's lots of reasons, but one in particular, I could never play an instrument, 20 some odd years of doing this and I still can't play an instrument. It's kind of embarrassing, actually 30 years and still nothing. Okay, message to young bands. Any guy who comes along and calls himself a producer, any yahoo that says, I can do this. If that guy can't break out a guitar, if that girl can't break out an instrument, show you where you're not in tune, or what the correct key is, or what the actual part is that you're supposed to be playing, that person is not a producer, okay? He's a hack. She's a wannabe. A name and nothing more. And why do you even need that? I mean, let's be honest here. When you're starting off, you're better off just staying the course, man. Use your own skills. Use your own ideas. Do what you can with it. If there's a demand later, then you'll have qualified producers, people who, who could truly take your music further than you could on your own. They will be lined up, ready to help. Be patient. It's, there ain't no rush. Don't panic. Besides, it's cooler when you do it yourself. It is. It is. My next guest, well, he's kind of an exception. He, he is one of those guys who can actually help. Uh, he's a musician, but he's also a guy with the skills and the passion and, quite frankly, the patience to uh, take music further than it, than it is when it comes through his door. And you know what? He's been doing it for a long time. Uh, Starflyer 59, MXPX. Once upon a time, he tracked a little three-song demo from a group trying to figure out who they were. They had been gathered from a bunch of different bands, trying to do something new, a little unsure of themselves, a little nervous, terrified, actually. Yes, that band was Stavesacre. Ladies and gentlemen, never was as and never weres, my guest today, tonight, is Mr. Bob Moon but first This show was brought to you in part by American Dance Party independently owned and distributed sweatshop free basically pure hustle in clothing form American Dance Party check them out at AmericanDanceParty.com pick yourself up some gear do something nice for somebody in the meantime let me ask you this have you been working out? That's right. I know all you out there doing your little lift, okay? Or or even better, did you get yourself a new tattoo on your bicep? i to just nonchalantly show it off to the world. Are you headed to a party and concerned that someone else might be wearing your outfit? This is a problem I run into all the time. Well, right now, I'm on their website. I'm looking at it right now. We've got a high-top, hand-bleached vest with an enormous Darth Vader lovingly sewn across the back. It's this huge Darth Vader patch. It's freaking, it's it's beautiful. No two pieces of clothing are the same. AmericanDanceParty.com, clothe yourself. And without further ado, Mr. Bob Moon. sure that they know because you know it's a pretty small community of people but i mean dude you've been you've been around since the very beginning i mean yeah you were around at the beginning of the crucified you Mm -hmm. were you know uh uh and and probably before that um no that's probably right about about.
1: right about right i mean really well
0: i got in 89 ish 89 ish okay so yeah so we, we started playing in, in, uh, I think 86 or 87, but okay. we didn't play a show at all for right. a couple of years. Um, and then in 89, we had been, we had definitely started coming down to Southern California. Crucified was playing a lot of shows in, in the Los Angeles and Orange County area. And I mean, I, I remember, I'm trying to remember, i there's no way I'll remember the first time I met you. And I know you and Greg kind of hit it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, gear people or something. I don't know. It's some kind well, of weird. Y-
1: okay, so the way I got into this, um, through my sister in law's brother is okay. An- Andre Walton. I don't know if you remember Andre Walton. Ar- yeah, Andre Walton. Arise yeah, skates.
0: Skate. Yeah, Arise skates. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's how I got into this uh, through him. Uh, met uh, Chris Cooper, SFC, and Renee, and. Right the twins, the twins didn't live far from me. And, uh, nice. I used to play a little bit. I don't consider myself a musician at all, but, uh, I, I had all the equipment. And so a lot of, uh, like phase three pre-production was done with me. Um,
0: phase three, uh, SFC
1: phase three. And, oh, okay. and actually okay. because of me, they used a uh, crucified sample.
0: <laughs> I remember that. Dude. I remember. Uh, I'm like, Hey, on check this one, out. From the hate world. Uh, intro or something, right? Yeah. From the intro. Uh-huh. I think off of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that one's a, uh, there's another one. No one ever guesses, but that doesn't really count as me <laughs> doing a, a guest appearance. Hey, That album
1: still stands strong to me, man. That's, that's a great, album. To me. Did you
0: get to hear the remix of it and all that stuff that no, Martin did? No. No. Oh yeah, sounds sounds real nice. Sounds real nice. Wow. You know, to those days of recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you're in a studio for I don't know, 3 days expected to track 12 to 15 songs and I don't, you know. See, I love that though, man. I I I love the the <laughs> I want to Your do challenge. an album in a week. I love that. That was cool. Yeah. If you can do it, you know, <laughs> but I mean, there's always some, there's always something, man. There's always, especially as we started getting a little older and started to really like care, you know, right. <laughs> got a little tougher, you know, but I mean, dude, the, the, I've talked about it on the show before the pillars of humanity was recorded in six days. And it, during those six days, <laughs> halfway through, we got booted out of the studio for Hiroshima right. to come in and and do some overdubs, but anyway, that's we're not talking about that. We're talking about Bob. So you got started back with with Coop and and uh, Peace and the Twins and all those guys. Mm-hmm. I still am, am in contact with Renee uh, on a fairly regular basis now. That's we kind awesome. of reconnected a couple years ago. Is he still in? Current, he always gives me like Southern California. No, he he's 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 living in Orange County now. Okay. He gives me like a, a real heavy guilt trip every time I don't call him when I come into town. <laughs> he's because that works on me right. really well. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, and and in all honesty, like I, it, it also works because I like, dude, why didn't I call Renee? I, I freaking love that guy and I miss him. So we've been trying to, you know, we 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 talk here and there. Um, I'm sure I'll I'll drag him in. In front of a yeah, microphone to get him on awesome. this show.
1: I haven't talked to him in years, man. I'd love to hook up with him again.
0: Have you talked to Coop lately? Because I've been talking to him about he's going to come on here Sweet.
1: for sure. I uh, I chat with him on Facebook every once in a while. I mean, pretty much all my okay. communication is Facebook these days. I <laughs> <Yeah>. live <laughs> in my own little yeah. world and see people on Facebook.
0: Yeah, I think What's that's uh, a lot of people. <laughs> 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 Especially when you move to Florida. You don't yeah, really get so to what see them. so what took you to Florida, man? Ah, uh, you know my wife is smarter than me. Ah, yeah, there you she go. Me. So that's what happened. So okay, nice. so you're you're still in the in the IE, mm-hmm. uh, the Inland Empire for those outside of Southern California, um, the Corona slash Riverside area, or as Jason Martin would say, the city without a river. <laughs> and Santa River, you guys Santa are,
1: River is really nice, man. Come on.
0: I don't even know where that is. Santa Ana river
1: goes from the Sam Samordino all the way to the beach.
0: Does it is. (laughs) Can can you get into the river and do stuff? Oh, if you want to swim with sewage. No, no. (laughs) So when you said the Santa Ana river is really nice, you didn't mean that seriously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was being sarcastic.
0: (laughs) It's really nice. If you have a higher appreciation for the inland empires, you know, bowel movements <laughs> far out so okay so you're you're in uh, you're out there you're are you still making music right now i mean we'll get into the history of it and all but but are you are you still recording on a regular basis What's um
1: well right now i am i'm i'm working on okay. an album of uh um uh, one of my best friends owns the studio we're in right now it's a little home studio that he's been building up for years and years okay and uh so we're working on his album. It's pretty much, pretty much all I do recording wise is his projects. And then, um, my daughter, my older daughter, uh, plays as well. So,
0: okay. Does she play an instrument or does she? Yeah. Is She is.
1: Yeah. Wow. No, she, so she's an
0: actual musician.
1: Yeah. No, she's, she's Not great. Like she, she, she plays you. She plays guitar. She, uh, um, she plays trumpet, French horn and you know, she was a band kid.
0: Yeah. Uh, cool
1: that uh turned in you know I always when she was young knew she would have a good voice I'm like you could sing you can do it you know
0: yeah and yeah.
1: uh finally it took both me and my mom to talk her into going into uh uh choir in high school and that you know okay. brought her out of her shell and she started seeing she got a beautiful voice man. so awesome. uh, yeah and that opened up the floodgate of her writing and stuff like that that's what she does
0: and and so you knew that when she was young oh uh, yeah when you, she picked up
1: yeah. uh you know, in the fifth grade, she started playing trumpet, and she took to that real well. And then the fifth, uh, sixth grade, she played trumpet and saxophone. <laughs> She's like, I hmm. want to do both. And uh, yeah. then she kind of saxophone went away. And when she got into junior high, the, uh, the uh, band instructor there was thinking that uh, French horn would be a good, good instrument to get in with a scholarship. And so that's okay. how she got on French horn. But then, so she did that in March and marching band. And then she did trumpet and jazz band and was cool. in choir. So.
0: so, okay. So she had a, a pretty early knowledge of what she wanted to do. What about you? What did you, did you, what did you want to do when you grew up? Did you, did you know? <laughs> well, seriously, I, I ask everybody. Yeah. Don't lie. I'll know. No, no,
1: no, no, no. This is, I mean, I kind of, well, let's see. That's a loaded question. I, I've been collecting vinyl since elementary school. I've always been into music. Okay, I, I come from okay. a musical family. My dad actually uh, went to Pepperdine on a full music scholarship, playing trumpet. Which uh, awesome. He ended up doing nothing with, but uh, went into the business world, and that was the end of that. But uh, you know, I, I got a lot of family members that are choir directors in churches, and you know, write their own music, and you know, the whole family full okay. of musicians. <laughs> So, you know, I started playing piano when I was like five, then stopped playing in junior high when I wasn't, you know, that wasn't cool, and uh, (laughs) tried to pick it back up in high school. I actually went to high school with XL. That's... uh, Yeah. Yeah. So...
0: Todd Stevens. Todd
1: Stevens. So... um, Yeah, man. One thing that probably almost nobody knows is we had a band together. It's the one band I was ever in. Called... You
0: and XL did? Willing Vessel. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I still talk to, I still talk to XL. We'll oh, shoot dude. each other little messages here and yeah, there. Yeah, Great dude. You know, great dude. He's such a character. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what you wanted to do too. You wanted to play music or. Well, was that- I wanted
1: to play music. And in high school, I just didn't have the patience to, to play. And mm-hmm. I was getting all, you know, I had keyboards and stuff and that's how, you know, the twins and all those guys started coming over, doing production on my samplers and all that stuff. I had a little four track mm-hmm. recorder and I just kind of took to that. I, I, uh, um decided that was the route I wanted to go and yeah quickly got into I remember
0: I think I don't know if if you introduced Greg Manier the guitar player from the Crucified to to uh the four track recorder or not but for a while man that's all he was about I mean he was so like he was he had his four track and was tracking all of his songs for his his ideas for his his record and all that I mean I remember that thing <laughs> it was a, such a confusing Contraption, yeah, you know. Right? I mean, think about what that actually was. It's just like a glorified cassette recorder. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but uh
1: four tracks on that baby.
0: What you could do, you know. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so, so I wanna I wanna clarify something that uh some folks won't know. It's like when we're saying the twins, we're talking about soup, we're talking about peace, these are early, early this is the original like Christian hip hop yeah. scene, you know. Peace was in the group uh, Freedom of Soul. Mm-hmm. The Dynamic Twins were the Dynamic Twins. But yeah, they're all kind of from, are they all from your area out there? Yeah, yeah. The, the Twins United. lived in Merino
1: Valley, which is uh, okay. right next to Riverside. Um, uh, Coop, I think, was always out like Rancho Cucamonga area, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when I met Renee, he was in Corona. So all yeah. right in this area. And, and, you know, working with those guys, those were my tie into to Gene. That was my Yeah. My route to Gene.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they all found Gene Eugene eventually. Uh and then of course Todd was all involved, but he was, you know I know he did some R and think, and mm-hmm. he, he had like for a while he didn't he have like a XL had like a whole room full of music that he had recorded or something like that. And um but I know he always loved like the, the rock, you know. He oh yeah.
1: Well, we did everything, man. The, the, those willing vessel tapes. I I still have those four tracks, man. And, and
0: no kidding, <laughs> Todd hits me. Up I wonder every if once he has long. them anymore.
1: <laughs> no, 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 he he hits me up. I have the masters, and and I like a few years back, he said he had a, a four track, and he was trying to get me to to send them out to him, and it just never happened. And then I what? finally found him. I got him out of storage, and and I'm like, hey, I got him, and and then we've just never connected, but. Yeah. I would love to send those things to him.
0: Well, he's <laughs> got like fifteen kids now, so you know he's a I have busy a lot dude. of tapes <laughs> in
1: storage, man. I want to get in and, and get those out and kind of go through that's the cool. history a little
0: bit. Yeah, I'm sure. That's that's what we I wanna get in there, man. I wanna get in that history. I was just noticing, you know, we, we were visiting a lot on the um on the nineties you know, the nineties music page, right, Christian. Right. Uh what was what's it called? The um, recovery
1: group. Recovery group. recovery group
0: yeah <laughs> and then there's of course the old school tooth and nail which yeah. is obviously more exclusively tooth and nail but you know this is we're talking 10 years before tooth and nail came on the scene mm-hmm. in some cases you know this is this is much earlier than that and uh you know some some of those groups ended up obviously you know kind of carrying through and ending up in that whole tooth and nail thing right I mean, right Uh, Of course, the the big one that everybody always talks about um, and who I will never get on this show unless I trick him is uh, Jason Martin, you know, (laughs) because wasn't he like back in the in in that time? What was his band called? uh,
1: Well, they were originally white world. uh, Well, they they had dance hall children,
0: right? Dance hall children. And but then they
1: also had and I think it was with Randy Rose. They actually had Morella's Forest, which. There's a whole what? another Morellas Forest that
0: really, yeah, weird.
1: Yeah, that is a weird one. Randy Rose, wow, <laughs> bringing it back, man. Mad at the world, yes, mad at the world. Right? Randy Rose, yeah.
0: Him and the, what was his brother's? What's his brother's name?
1: Mm. Is it Mike Rose?
0: Sure, man, sounds I, good.
1: I don't know, man. It's. <laughs> My okay.
0: brother loved that record, man. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jason. Uh, okay. So you start off, uh, you know, you, you sort of, you Well, so, start okay. messing with the four track.
1: Start messing with the four track. Uh, my dad was like saying, you got to do something with your life, you know? And uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do as far as, in, you know. I didn't want to play I was playing with the four track. And so I found a engineering school or a music school that had an engineering department. Uh, so okay. I ended up enrolling there and taking a year program, uh, uh, the Dick Grove school of music in Van Nuys. And so I lived out there in an apartment and, uh, uh, went there and that school ended up closing about a semester after I graduated. I remember on our last break, they were, uh, saying, uh, if you come back from break and there's chains on the door, uh, we're closed.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So it was a great school, right? Kids futures, bright. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. But it was a great school. We had some great teachers there and, uh, um, I learned a lot there and, um, that was right in the days of, of like pillars and stuff. And, and just so you know, man, it's such an honor to do the show with you because I really my goal in life when I started recording, the reason I wanted to record and what my ultimate goal was, was to work with the crucified. Uh, that was my, I'm not even here. kidding, man. I was like one of these days, Bob, you're Bob, dude, you're like one of one the of guys. These days, I'm going to work with the crucified. Well, then the
0: pillars happened. I happen. wish you'd have just said, Hey, let's go record some music. <laughs> Cause dude, you should have done the pillars record. Clearly. <laughs> well, uh, what that, was that poor guy's name? Um, that did that record i don't remember it was from back chris, in somewhere chris chris something yeah and he was he was just utterly outmatched and then yeah. of course you know when we went in to do we were starting to record tracks for the um i can't believe you, you guys all the <laughs> pounding in the background is not me causing <laughs> harm to anyone there's, there's remodeling going on <laughs> If i'm gonna suffer through it, y'all could suffer through it anyway uh, back let's see what it was Chris something, and we ended up Chris Reed, no, no Chris Reed is our friend um Chris Reed is our buddy from Fresno uh it was something like to that effect, but i I remember like you know he was a huge King's X fan and he just wanted so much to do a King's X record, and we were there, <laughs> and so.
1: Well, so he fit we in should... much better with the Applehead project than
0: he would have fit in much well, better did, with He that. Did, did he do head? that?
1: So, so, there you go. I mean, this is how that all went down. You guys had already recorded Pillars, like, had just finished it. And okay, uh, okay. here's another old name, Charles Gates. Uh, yeah, man. Charles <laughs> who Gates. Who I met through Andre and, and all the Chris and all those guys. Um, yeah. He called me up. I had, a, like, maybe a month left of school. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm over here at Ocean and uh, Greg Maneer is getting ready to start this Applehead record. He's all you want to work on it. And I was like, oh, my God, one of the Crucified guys. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> and so Bob, uh, set your sights higher, brother. <laughs> dude, you guys were it, dude. You guys are still it. Crucified is wow. still one of
1: my favorite events.
0: Thank you very much. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not
1: trying to blow smoke or anything. You know,
0: there's something we're going to talk about really quick. I want to make a mention of this because it's going to come up later and I want you to feel part of the conversation. <laughs> um, I was talking to Renee, just a quick aside, I was talking mm-hmm. to Renee um, last time I was in town and uh, he was talking with, with to me about soup and him discussing like the old back that whole era. Right. And um, he was like, you guys were so huge. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, dude, we we really weren't. He's like, Mark, you you sold like probably a million <laughs> records, and I'm like, no, man, no. So I I just I want I want you to weigh in, Bob. Do well, you think there's what do you think the chances that we sold a million records is?
1: <laughs> well, and well, in, in hindsight, tell, in hindsight, no, no. Now that I know how the industry works, no. But uh-huh. in those days, I mean, yeah, you. you might as well have sold 10 million records i mean you guys were the crucified man
0: <laughs> yeah but only only in southern california and, well, yeah, and select know, like, areas exactly you, know, you get outside of there and go to albuquerque and literally there's no, no one cares well anyway, even so,
1: social distortion and oingo boingo dealt with that's that, true you
0: know? <laughs> that is very very true that is very true i mean glenn uh uh, what you call it? No doubt. They, they had so many struggles going out of Southern California. Right. Anyway, yeah. so you wanted to work with the crucified. So you got to do the Applehead record. And yeah. I mean, you and Greg knew each other already though. Didn't you? Yeah. A or little, is that how bit, you met?
1: A little bit. I mean, that's where we kind of bonded.
0: And cause uh, he, dude, he loved you. I mean, I, I, I remember Greg, man, we were so pissed <laughs> because I was like, Joe, like dude, freaking Greg is always hanging out with Bob. Every time we go down to Southern California, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but, but I, I, you know, it was a gear thing. And like, uh, you know, you guys are kind of in similar, just a similar vibe. I remember right. cause you used to have long hair, you yep. know, and of course Greg had long hair and you guys just look <laughs> like these two like surfer dudes Little that just dudes. rolled off the beach. <laughs> hey man, you know? And then, uh, just, I, I, I was like, well, those two are done for. <laughs> it, you, know. <laughs> you know what? I re- I remember seeing you at, um, man, we played this show in like the San Diego area. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Temecula or something. And it was
1: outside. Right.
0: I think I remember um, this show. Yeah. Keep going. Freddie Pirro's daughter was there who I had a huge crush on. um, And I was so nervous or whatever. uh, But then we come out and there's like, because I didn't know, you know, you play those shows back in the day, man. It's a fifty-fifty shot if there's anyone going to be there or not, you know. Right. And we got to the place, and it's like a park, and it's outside, it's like a, a little amphitheater
1: type of thing. This is
0: this could be really bad. And then there was like thirteen hundred people there, yeah. and it was mayhem. And I rem- I feel like you had to be there, kind of hanging out in the periphery. I know that we talked to you at that show. Yeah. Am I, am I imagining that?
1: No, no, no. I, I think I remember that show and I, I think I jumped up on stage and sang a song, which is very embarrassing. I should never, ever, ever, ever do that. It's horrible. No
0: way. You should definitely always do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know my side of the glass, man. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I I turned that around on you, Mr. Wizard. You know? <laughs> okay. So, Uh, Your lifelong dream is fulfilled. You get to work on the Applehead record with Greg.
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't. That was the first piece.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, so I I mean, I've
1: never worked with crucified. Uh, You guys should get back together so you can fulfill my dream. Like make a wish or something. Yeah. (laughs) We are, (laughs) but I have had the honor of working with all you guys individually on different Yeah, projects, dude. I so. mean,
0: you did the freaking first stavesacre EP or the, uh, the three demo. song, you yeah. know, demo. man, yeah. that was, that was so cool <laughs> back. I, Cause I was so ecstatic to be making music again. I just didn't even, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know? And then I'm finally like getting to work with you and I, I've known you now. I had known you by that point for at least, you know, five or six years. right? right. Minimum. So, okay. So after the Applehead thing, you know, did you focus more on the, on, on all the, um, the hip hop thing and stuff like that? Well, or were you just, were you just kind of doing everything?
1: I was doing whatever I could do, man. I, I interned sure. at ocean for about six months and,
0: oh geez. you know,
1: drove out there every day oh, and I took every opportunity I could, to to be in there, which was awesome, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kids don't pay the dues the way we did back. To, back no, it's true. Back that's in true. the old days, you know, I mean, I back I was, I was doing <laughs> working on projects and and you know driving home with the sun in my eyes at six in the morning just to stay awake and um so i was doing that and i had a little home studio set up and probably around then i met jason and ronnie and started the silver record or the silver demos um but then uh, right at that same time um you know i was friends with chris and and renee and all those guys and they were working on. It must have been Phase Three.
0: And In is that a label or no, is Phase that Three like is a-
1: the is SFC album? Phase Three okay, is his third okay. album, and Gene was doing it uh, at the Green Room, which wasn't the Green Room yet; It was still Mixing Lab B. But uh, I get a random call from
0: G- Mixing Lab B and Mixing Lab A, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And they those were, were owned by, by locations. Uh, Frontline. The, both of those studios.
0: A considered like the like the you mixing know. room this that's kind of what room, it was set dude. up,
1: like mixing Lab A was the mixing room, although altogether it was bigger, uh, you know it had a bigger tracking room and everything, but they kind of had it set up where you tracked it, mixing lab B and mixed it, mixing Lab A, they had that big trident board in there. Ah man I hated that place, it felt like a hospital.
0: as <laughs> so- <laughs> it was like a hospital. <laughs> 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 I remember those rooms just like this. There is, is not no vibe good. here at all. No, <laughs> I no. Feel like I'm coming and here eventually, to die. Yeah, <laughs> you, you. It's it kind of is in like a me, a medical looking little little yeah, area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Little and then, strip, small and then, and then, thing. Like yeah. yeah. And I remember <laughs> there was like a big. It was like much rejoicing when the green room finally became a thing because that that whole like going to all those spots didn't they? What. For a while, weren't they calling the Green Room Mixing Lab B, or was that not Yeah, that no, no, no. So it,
1: it was Mixing Lab B when it was owned by Frontline. And, okay, And then okay. eventually Gene bought it. And then became the Green Room. It, bought it, and actually, uh, not, not too many people know that the credit on uh, Daniel Amos' motorcycle album, it's listed as the Golden Room. And so for one album, it was the Golden Room, and then for whatever reason, I think they had the green carpet in there, and they're <laughs> like, hey, let's call it the Green Room. And, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Something like that.
0: So oh, man, <laughs> that studio, dude. You remember that weird little actual green room behind the, the, the control room? Oh, like
1: Oh man, I spent so many so I mean, many nights and days.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was so small and just no windows, no life, no. you have to go through the control room to get out of it. So mm-hmm. there's no like you know, once you're in there, you're kind of just stuck in there until they're done doing stuff. Right. But right. I remember, I remember that was one of the first times that I I ever was like, dude, I need to, I need to find a way to, you know, get in here. And like, I actually wanted to be in that room, <laughs> 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 which was, is not probably Oh, me too. Yeah. naivete, kidding. you know?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Gene out of the blue called me when it was still mixing lab B working on that phase three record and he was all burnt out and he's all, Hey Chris, tell me you went to engineering school. Would you like to come and you know, help me out on this record. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, that was my end with gene, which I ended up like assisting pretty much everything he did for a couple of years. Uh worked on deliverance and yeah, uh,
0: gene. I re- I, I loved that guy. He was, I mean, he, we never really spent a whole lot of time together, Yeah, but you know, he, his like, well, Mark, uh, you know, <laughs> I remember I was so you know I was I've always been a huge football fan, and I asked him one time, "Do you do you like you know sports or anything like that?" He's like baseball. Well, you know, I'm, I've never really been a big sports guy. Um, kind of more, kind of more into the ponies, uh, horse racing, and all the the jockeys and the colorful outfits. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Gene was one of a kind, man. Yeah, dude, he was.
1: He was my mentor, man. He really—I mean, more than anybody else—he taught me what what I know. Which,
0: dude, you know, I—I I always, I still to this day, every once in a while. In fact, I'll probably break it out after we have this conversation. I loved that Adam Again record that had like Occam's Razor and. Mm, hmm. I mean, because people forget. You know, they always talk about him being this recording guy, but man, I thought Adam Again was a great band. Oh, he's and he's such a good song Watching, watching them on stage, dude. Mm-hmm. You Ricky know, Michelle Holy and... Moses. <laughs> <laughs> so were you okay? Let's let's try and keep it focused. I got to. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're hopping. I get in trouble, the and then the, the, the length just keeps going. So, uh, let me ask a couple questions here. Okay. With with, were you in the green room when I did the XL record? Uh, for you parts of it. There that? For parts. Were you in there when I was in there seeing my track? Mm, I don't know. Cause I got to tell you something, dude, that was the single coolest moment, man. I mean, I like, I, I like the XL song, of course, you know, and mm-hmm. it was, I was stoked to be able to do it. And me and me and Todd had become, you know, had become buddies at the point at that point. But, um, you know, I hadn't really talked to Gene much at all. And I I came in to track that part and, 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 uh, and I don't think Gene was really familiar with the crucified at all. So he didn't know who I was coming in to sing this part. (laughs) And I came in and did the thing and dude, he said something and I won't be able to remember it accurately, but it was like, Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's great. And he, I saw him saying it when, when I'm trying, you know how you're, you're, well, you don't know, but when we're in the room and we're looking at you and you're, you're staring at us as you're tracking it, we're watching your expression. Right. Okay. I am definitely watching your expression. <laughs> and if I, I know if I hit a sour note, cause I see your face, just like, uh, ooh. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, ooh, you know, <laughs> and like I sang my part in there and I just, I see Jean kind of like, Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I was like, Dude, G do G just said something. I, I I that guy thinks I'm doing a good. You know, like it was so. That was such a cool experience. <laughs> okay, so sorry. So <clears throat> you know, the Phase Three thing, the SFC thing, and and um and and, and really all those guys. Did, did you stay in rock though all that whole time as well?
1: I've always been I mean, all over the place, man. Yeah I, I, yeah. I since I was a little kid, man. I I started collecting vinyl in elementary school. I was the kid at the uh, you know, high school house party when you'd walk in and Oingo Boingo was playing and I'd take it out and put in Jackson 5. Or they'd come in and, (laughs) you know, they'd be playing like Duran Duran and I'd put in a Metallica tape the next time, you know, or the next time it'd be a Grateful Dead tape. I've always been all over the map, you know, and and early days of hip hop, the first LL Cool J album, Run DMC, huge fan of all that stuff, you know? So, yeah, I've always been all over the map
0: musically. So, okay, when you... Uh, When you were, uh, I I'm I'm trying to keep in mind what, what these, like those guys on that, on that one, on the, on the nineties recovery page, dude, they're just, they're beside themselves that there's like this mythology that surrounds the whole Starflyer thing, because right while all that's happening, you know, while the green room thing is happening, because really the green room and, 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 and more importantly, Gene and that whole, that kind of the elder statesmen of the scene you know the the daniel amoses and the and the the yeah. choir and all those kinds of bands you know obviously undercover although i never really you know they weren't really around everybody as much i feel like daniel amos was always around that kind of in that yeah. Sort of area yeah well terry
1: terry was very involved in the green room with producing yeah with i mean gene. we're
0: terry and and gene they worked together a lot a right lot, so yeah.
1: he produced but, the uh, I, deliverance I never, record i I'm working on that's I worked wow. with Terry that whole record man
0: it was awesome. <laughs> Deliver We played a bunch of shows with Deliverance. <laughs> I never knew. I never knew Terry. I, I I maybe met him once or twice. He's like a Mike Knott with me. I yeah. I met you know I met Mike in a poker game one time and and <laughs> I think that's probably the most I've ever spent in a room with him. But I don't think he said a single word to me the whole time we were in there. Like you know Terry just always kind of seemed like like you know you're the freshman coming in and he's like the graduating senior. Right. right. You know, don't look at him. Don't look at him. You know? Yeah. yeah. But Gene was so like, he was a hundred percent in that scene, but then he was also like, I think he was definitely reaching, reaching out and looking, you know, looking further. So, you know, you're, you're there. I'm just trying to capture like that time when things sort of melded together because, the tooth and nail thing obviously happened after all of that and, and sort of at the same drew time, a lot really. of those, you know, it drew a lot of those loose strands together. Yeah. Um, where did all the rap groups go though? I mean, where did all the hip hop groups go? Did they just kind of stop making music? That's a good question. I, I mean, I kind of,
1: I kept in touch with those guys, but they really didn't do records. And then I just been checking up on history. I saw that those guys did records for tooth and nail eventually. Right.
0: Which dudes? I mean uh, I don't think Soup and and, and well, then Piece five their... eight six.
1: There's a Peace Five Eight Six album on Yeah,
0: it. they did they did the Uprock thing, I think. That Is was that, like their um was
1: it like a division of Tooth and Nailers?
0: Yeah, it was like an imprint. They were trying to do um some hip hop and stuff, but I yeah. just don't
1: But that you was know, years later like... from, from the beginning yeah. of all that. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That was way after, you know, man, there was that. There was that that little sweet time frame right in there, dude, where you would go to Cornerstone Festival and it was all these different kinds of bands hanging out with each other. I, I remember walking all over Cornerstone Festival, one of the first times I'd ever met Renee, and we just hit it off and going to all those skate demos and all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know. Right. And um <laughs> My gosh, man. Um Okay, reminiscing is gonna bore everyone to death. <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm sorry. But uh so, okay, if you, you know, if you have some insight kind of in, in that time when things sort of came together, by all means, please share it. Well, and for me, I,
1: I... everything exploded, man. That, I mean, everything happened at once. I was in with Gene, working with him. I met Brandon. I actually met Brandon at uh, Mixing Lab A, working on Deliverance. Okay. Uh, okay. He was still at Frontline. Um, at that same time, I had the home studio going. I got my first. Ate at and a little task board. I met Ronnie and Jason. We started the silver demos. Um, okay, and then and then I find out about Tooth and Nail starting. Uh,
0: which so the, the silver demos were started before Tooth and Nail came on, the right? Scene, like think.
1: right about the same time. I mean, we're talking okay. within months of, of timing, right. if I recall right. But okay. um, and then at the same time, like '93, that's the year I opened my studio. <laughs> So nice. like all those things were happening at once. And, and once I opened my studio, I, you know, I was still doing a ton of, well, that's when I started doing tooth and nail stuff. But, uh, so I was doing a ton of stuff at the green room, but not so much assisting for a gene anymore. Just. Okay. Uh, but yeah, man, all that's uh, man, it's a blur. It's uh, because so much happened so fast. It was crazy. You and me
0: both, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone says the same thing about that. I mean, we're all kind of in our early twenties, you know, uh, I mean, you're roughly my age. I think throw in,
1: I got married in 91 and had a kid in 92. So I I got a newborn kid in 92. (laughs) I remember,
0: didn't you have a VW bus around that same time or my,
1: my wife did
0: your wife did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, She had a 64. It's actually how I met her. Well, I knew her in high school, but, uh, that's right. Wait a minute.
0: I remember <laughs> broken down on the side of the freeway.
1: Uh, yeah, well not the freeway, like but a, fix a, a tire or something. Van Buren. And, uh, yeah, I pulled up and <laughs> it's kind of, okay.
0: Yeah. I, of I pulled up to talk about yeah
1: my mom's car and, you know, it was back in the day when, uh, you know, the phones were in the car and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me call. Play for oh you yeah. Or something.
0: <laughs> Hold on. I've got a phone in my car. <laughs> You may not history. be familiar <laughs> with this magical <laughs> contraption. <laughs> oh okay. Man. So you know the big blur happens, and then the next thing you know, I mean when how would you describe the, the MXPX thing happening? Because I mean I know you were part of the the early days of them as well. You know, yeah.
1: So what happened with that was okay, so we did the silver demos, Brandon signs mm-hmm. signs uh Starflyer. Uh, okay. I, I really wanted to do that record. I think Jason wanted me to do that record, but Brandon, you know,
0: I had never done anything on my own. That <laughs> <My> dog. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if it's not a hammer or a saw, it's flapping ears. Come on.
1: <laughs> so him. he he brought in, um, uh, blood, which was Jerome and gyro and, uh, Mark Nandez. Oh, okay. Mark, Mark okay. Rodriguez. I'm sorry. Uh, to do that record. And, and I, sort of, I guess, co-engineered Silver with with Mark, while Jerome and Gyro produced that. Um, So, then after that, I think we did the She's the Queen EP, trying to go chronologically here. And then, you know, there's... I mean, come on. Other things in between, but then we did the Gold album, which was just me and Jason pretty much locked in the green room uh, at at that album. It's just brutal. (laughs) Yeah. And we really I had read a, some of those
0: yeah, <laughs> some of those posts, man. I mean, Jason
1: he literally did not see daylight for 7 days. I mean, that's oh, just man. crazy, man. <laughs> it's like being in solitaire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's that I mean, especially when he was younger, I can't imagine what that was like. I I'm working with him now and you know, yeah. You just, you just don't realize that all of a sudden it's been seven hours that you've been in there. You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. Well, or at well, least he shoot, has a kid now. Seven so. hours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we were doing yeah, seven th- hours back then is like,
1: that was what? nothing. We were doing yeah. 16, 20 hour days, man. Just, I mean, oh, we I were, remember. We, we were sleeping in the green room. We, I mean, we slept Dude, in that. Try singing
0: th- for 16 straight hours, buddy. <laughs> Well, you I know, know oh, man. the
1: the, the oh. that album was just so guitar intensive, man. It was just track yeah. after track after track of guitars. So that's that was the majority of that. But so anyways, we we were working on that record, I think. I think that record went like a month, something like that. It was oh. man it was brutal and it was nonstop, nonstop. non-stop and uh we're finishing up, we're mixing. Tension was just crazy. And uh, Brandon came yeah. in one night and uh, we had three songs left to mix. And he came in. It was, it was probably like five in the evening, I think. And he comes in, he goes, uh, um, Sprinkle's not doing the new MXPX. You want to do it? I'm like, yeah. Heck yeah. Poconaccio was already out. You know, and it was like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Know?
1: And I was like, heck yeah. I'll, I'll work on it. I go, I just got to finish up this, you know, old record. <laughs> and he's all, nope. <laughs> he goes, nope. Nope, they're on spring break. He goes, if you want to do it, you got to be up there tomorrow. I was like, oh, you're kidding smokes. me. No, yeah, l- literally. So I'm like, let me call my wife. And she brought my daughter down. I hadn't seen them much anyways. I've been living in and uh. we, we had dinner and uh, um, I woke up and I was on a plane going out of Orange County Airport at 6 a.m. And uh. Uh, I, I flew into Portland, actually, because my parents were living uh, in Vancouver there. And uh, they picked me up. I took their Bronco, drove straight up to Seattle. Um, I was got to Seattle about noon and right away just started miking, and, and by four o'clock, we already had a couple of songs in the can. <laughs> so I'll,
0: I'll clean it up. That's <laughs> all good. <laughs> it's Luca. Luca is a freaking, she's a Dutch shepherd, dude. She's six months old. It's like trying to contain the wind. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So you go up to Portland, then you drive up to, to Bramerton. Did you, where did you track it in Seattle?
1: Uh, I drove straight to Avast. I drove straight to oh. the studio. I mean, I literally, mm-hmm.
0: what'd you think when you got in there and you first met those guys? I and, was, you stoked. know, I mean, obviously then, you'd already heard poking at you. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. You
0: know, I mean, they were
1: kids. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <We're kidding. Dude. laughs> and, oh and you know gosh. looking back at it now it's like geez i'm really not that much older than them. but you know i was just they were still in high it school it felt was, older it felt at that point felt a lot older but yes. um but yeah i mean that and so that's how teenage politics started and that was done over their spring break
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> recorded now
0: okay obviously uh steve kravak you know uh, did he finish the record? Did you do it with no, him? No, no. Did I you... did.
1: Okay, so that's jumping forward a little bit. I, I did teenage okay,
0: politics. Okay, okay. Um, you did teenage politics, and then back did, did life in general.
1: Yes. Yeah, so okay. Well, still uh, uh, or something. I did teenage politics, and then I did uh-huh. went back up there. Did on the cover, and okay. on the cover we tracked at Avast and mixed at Robert Lang. Um. And then, so that was all done. I went back up there to do life in general. I did life in general. I did the whole thing. Just just me oh, okay. and the guys at Robert Lang. And uh, I guess it just wasn't up to snuff. <laughs> and uh, they, they just completely redid it. Um,
0: whoa.
1: Yeah. And that was really, well, I mean, that, okay, so behind the scenes, that's like sort of when I was starting to have marital problems and things okay. were just not good at home at all. And, uh, so, the, I mean, that's sort of my justification for where, where I was at with that, but whatever. So you think um, you might've
0: had a little bit of burnout, man. I mean, Oh, for
1: sure, man, dude, it, those, like, it's
0: not like between those records, you were just sitting around no, counting man. your stacks of money,
1: <laughs> stacks of money. Here's some, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't, stacks of
0: pennies, Bob. I don't stacks think of pennies.
1: I ever got paid more than 15 bucks an hour on, oh on any gosh, of those yeah. projects, which, and, and, you know, I don't care. And, yeah. and the, the one, the, you know, as always back then, you know, I want to get a point on a record. I don't, I, mean, I want to get a right, point. Right. The one conversation I ever had about getting a point on a, on a record was with MXPX and, uh, I was told, yeah, you can have a point, but you got to take it from the band. And I, I just morally couldn't do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you no. Know, yeah. and,
1: and Mike was like, "Do it, man." And he's like, "We don't care. We don't care." I'm like, Mike, I go, "You guys are getting screwed already, dude. I, 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 <laughs> there's no way I could take a point from you." Yeah. <laughs> so my one choice, chance That's of bad. ever having a point, and, and and in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't take any points. I, I kind of have the the Steve Albini view on you know recording and. Uh, you know, the, the artist deserves a lion's share of everything in my, my eyes, uh, you know, I'm just a, a hired gun <laughs> to, to help yeah. the process along. Yeah, I, don't know. I
0: mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's sometimes that's the case, but sometimes dude, it's, I mean, not to turn it on me, but I mean, you know, Stavesaker the time we spent with Brian Carlstrom, that guy practically became part of our band. You right? I mean, right. and now, like, dude, it is very difficult for me to picture tracking anything without Martin in the room because I'm just used to his, you know, sure. our working relationship or whatever is like a normal thing. And now it's obviously slightly different because he's just writing like five gazillion songs and right. But you know, I don't know, man. I think, shoot. If there was any points to be had, you should have gotten one for that freaking three song demo. Cause <laughs> I mean, we didn't even know who we were, dude. Right? I mean, we had never, you know, coming out of, out of, out of all so those, awesome, you know, Stavesacre becoming Stavesacre, and, you know, having come from the crucified and focused like, ah, you know, that was a hard thing to, to <laughs> suss out and you helped us. So that was, that was kind of awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, man. I, I was tripping out on what you guys were doing from where you came from. And, you know, it was such a different direction.
0: You didn't take a point because, you know, it's a principles thing. But at the same time, you know.
1: But uh, I, there, it, you even now, living. I, I will, I could never. And, and it's, I know the industry's kind of topsy-turvy right now. Sure. No one knows <laughs> what's going on. But in that situation, there was no way I would ever take a point from a band. No way. Yeah. If it was coming yeah. from the label and it was something the band wasn't going to see anyways, sure, I would pop all over that. But, uh, I, I mean, just the nature of the business just was so, Man. you know, bands just <laughs> since the beginning of the industry have been just <laughs> not treated <Getting> right. jammed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm familiar familiar with the jam up. Right. Oh yeah. I'm sure you are. (laughs) So, okay. So what's been going on since all that, you know, I mean, well, I don't want to miss any crucial, any crucial records in the middle, but I mean, we're talking about a a career of some 20 something years, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I don't, well, the, the, where, where would you say your next big turning point was, you know?
1: Um, Okay, well, it really, after life in general, I mean, that was pretty much the end of my relationship with tooth and nail for the most part. I mean, I still did a few things here and there. I still did some Joy Electric, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, as far as them calling me to do any major or anything, that that was it.
0: <laughs> Which yeah.
1: kind of bummed me out the way it was, the way it all went down, but whatever. Sure. It is what it is. Of um, course it
0: would. So did anybody ever talk to you or explain to you anything or
1: not that I recall maybe, but I I don't, I, and and I just kind of felt like I was, you know, never a call. Hey, sorry, what you're going through. Yeah. Except for you, man. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that phone call. Uh,
0: Well, I I know, you know, I mean, I, I just, I mean, I try to keep my eyes open and my ear to the ground, man, you know,
1: well,
0: well, (laughs) You remember the setting
1: of that, what, I mean uh, kinda getting personal here, but
0: uh That's uh that's what we're supposed to be a, and doing. And that's fine and I
1: and I don't mind getting personal. <laughs> as long as you yeah. don't mind, but I uh I don't mind. it wasn't long after life in general. I was back at Moonsong recording. I think it was was it a speak record? Is that what you were coming out to work on? To do some uh, background vocals on.
0: Jeez. I don't know. Speak? I,
1: was it Speak or was it uh Speak seven one four? Um, man something I was doing a project and you were coming out Mm -hmm. to do backup vocals on it and I was getting ready to start that project and I just got off the phone with my then wife who just dropped the bomb on me that uh, this is it and I mean I was devastated devastated and five minutes later I Mm. get a phone call and it's Mr. Mark Solomon (laughs) (laughs) And uh-huh. you, you were the dude, man, that, that, uh, you prayed with me, you were on the phone for probably a half hour. The, the session was canceled and, uh, man, I mean, I'll never, ever, ever forget that phone call, dude. I, I, well, I don't think I've what, really you... talked to you since then about it. And, uh, and, and I've never really got the chance to say how much I appreciated that, well. that phone call. <laughs>
0: All I can say is, is that you put that one on the Lord because I didn't, I, I don't, yeah. I'm just glad I was around. <laughs> <laughs> you were know? the dude, man. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. I mean, we've been through some time. It's like, that's what, I mean, and it's nothing that shouldn't be special. That's what brothers right. in Christ, you know what I mean? This alleged community that we're a part of are supposed to be doing that stuff just on the regular.
1: Right. You know? Right.
0: But anyway,
1: you know, I just had to get that out there, man, because I've never really had that conversation (laughs) with you. And I know it's weird doing it on a podcast, but uh, it's okay, dude. This is no better time than now.
0: (laughs) That's right, brother. You know? So, you know, bombs dropping and worlds are shattering Mm. and points are not being given. (laughs) Where do you go
1: next, man? So, Where, where do you. Yeah. So, I mean, from that point on, I pretty much focused on on moon song. And I think okay. around that time I started doing some live sound. Um, I ended up, uh, hooking up with, uh, the voodoo glow skulls. I don't know if you're nice. familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. those guys still to this day are good friends of mine, but I, I ended up doing their, uh, their record on victory. Okay, uh, we did that at their studio and I, uh, the one little bit of touring doing sound I did was with them. I did two weeks over in Europe with them. Um, and then they started a label and uh, we're putting out a bunch of my friends bands. Um, guys. I went to high school with still dreadful. Uh, Robert Walker from wish for Eden ended up joining that band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which
0: was just wish for Eden, bizarre uh, because
1: that was just two different worlds that came together. Yeah. Yeah. Not supposed uh,
0: to come together. How yeah. did that happen?
1: So, but it was awesome, man. Cause I mean, literally the still dreadful guys were my best friends in high school. And, and, uh, And then I knew Rob from, from the tooth and nail thing, a whole different thing. And then to find out they were playing together. So I, it's just bizarre. So, um, I kept moon song going until 2001. Uh, uh, and just did one too many backdoor deals. Oh yeah. Just pay me when you, you know, sell a million records. Uh, (laughs) And so that that was pretty much the end of moon song. I just couldn't do it anymore, man. I was just,
0: yeah. Burn yeah.
1: out on it. And uh, um, so I shut down 2001. Um, an old friend of mine hooked me up with uh, um, the uh, Kids Rock Free program uh, in Corona, which was part of the Fender Museum, which at that time was just a very small little hole in the wall place. Uh, I, I was the judge on a uh, Battle of the Bands. <laughs> <laughs> Through that at the time they were they were building a, a new thirty thousand square foot facility with an outdoor amphitheater and all this stuff. And wow. and uh the the winner of that battle of the bands was recording at Moonsong. That was the last thing I recorded at Moonsong. I called him I'm like, hey man, we need to hurry up and do this, because 'cause I'm shutting down. Um so he goes, "Okay, and I recorded that last band, and then he called me up, and he's all, "Hey, you know you know we're thinking about putting a studio here at the museum, and we got the amphitheater, theater and so I ended up going there. I was the chief audio engineer at the uh, Fender Museum for uh like three years was two two and a half three years um, okay, which was awesome um it uh the studio was cool. I got to work with kids that was kind of felt like that was my my forte was like working with bloodshed kids and stuff like that. Like I, I had a knack All for right. working with kids that had never been in the studio. A lot of demos at moon song. And, and <laughs> <The> so, <youngins. laughs> yeah. So now, you know, I'm working with kids as, as young as like seven, eight years old that, you know, oh. and showing them the ropes in the studio kind of thing. Um, at the same time doing concerts there, I got to do sound for like Steve Miller, Eddie James, uh, Bo Diddley, um, alien Ant farm lit uh Berlin DramaRama we you know we had a bunch of killer shows there um and that was a non-profit organization uh then they decided to uh kill the concert series so i was going to be stuck in the studio and uh i was just fried on the studio man i couldn't do it anymore yeah
0: being <laughs> <You're laughs> so, stuck in that room man
1: yeah i ended up resigning from there and uh i literally did not step foot in a studio for a little over two years. And, uh, and I can't explain it to people. I always tell them that I don't think they understand that the thought of going in the studio would literally, I would get sick to my stomach. I like want to throw up. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> and I think I,
0: I can picture that. Yeah. This is, this is, we're, we're talking in the, in the mid aughts here, you know, to this is 2004. This, Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And
1: so now, uh, uh, at the museum is where I met my buddy Tyson. Here, that is his studio. I'm sitting in now. Okay. Um, he he, uh, he was an electrician that uh, was with the company that built that building. And uh, my boss at the museum <laughs> said, "You know, we're gonna have this big concert here. Why don't we uh, have an electrician on hand?" And yeah. uh, so he called the company that built the shell and and did all the work there. And they sent Tyson out to uh, to be there to uh, just make sure, you know, a breaker tripped. He was there to <laughs>
0: turn it back right. on, basically. Hey, dude, I remember some of those shows. <laughs> some of the shows with actual <laughs> budgets had that dude all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we the one dude to tie in power. Right. You know?
1: We never had any issues. He just got paid to to hang out and sweet money. meet all the bands and stuff. It was a sweet gig from him for him. But we yeah. ended up meeting uh, through that and. So hey, I got this little studio in my backyard, and you know, at the time he had a little Korg uh, all-in-one 16-track, and and he it took him a little over two years to to get me up here to give. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just took, I needed some time, man, to not do anything, yeah, dude, not do anything. But all the while, I still did live sound. I still do live sound now, um, and that's kind of are you
0: also life. an electrician now? I mean, or are, or I, are you, are yeah,
1: I ended up. Okay. So when I left the museum, I was like, what am I going to do now? Uh, I had no clue what I wanted to do. I, I was really just kind of lost in the desert. This, I got to do something. I, um, you know, music's not working out. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. at the time my dad worked at a dental lab and he, he, uh, was able to bring me into that and I managed shipping and receiving, but it was just kind of something to pass the time. Really. I knew that's not sure. what I wanted to do. Um, and forward five years, I think. And, uh, they let me go. Uh, my dad had already left and I stayed a little bit longer than they, they let me go. And, uh, I hit up Tyson. I'm like, man, I really need a job. <laughs> and he, yeah. he owns a, you know, him and a, his partner own a, uh, a, a company that, uh, uh, you know, they're electrical contractors doing commercial work. So I started sure. doing that and. Uh, Pretty that. good gig, right? Great gig, man. I love it. So, but <laughs> then about a year and a half ago, they brought me into the office. So I'm not out in the field anymore. I'm uh, in the office doing the estimating. Uh, nice. Uh, Rob Walker works for get the heck out of here <laughs> um how's that guy keep turning up know, it, it's so funny um the drummer for still dreadful works for Jesco. Um, that's cool man um, the guitarist for the band that i'm recording right now works for Jesco. it's like uh yeah. it's all musicians and
0: <laughs> cool maybe i'll come out there and work for you yeah guys. come on man bring it <laughs> <laughs> so you know let's get to some uh uh I, I I like this, I like this smiling Bob part, uh, <laughs> dude. What I mean, I I see you in a picture on Facebook with a person. I mean, what's <laughs> my girlfriend? Are you married again? Are you? No. You have a girlfriend? Okay, yeah, that's you, my you girlfriend. girlfriend?
1: Uh, we've been All together right. uh, just over two years. Two years, uh, New as, Year's as Eve. As my
0: mom would say, your little friend, <laughs> your little friend, your special lady friend. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. No, so, so yeah, okay. we've been together for almost two years, and, uh, you know, I've had a few girlfriends here and there, but never gotten remarried. We I divorced in 96, and uh, um, at that point, I had actually moved back with my parents, and uh, as I had the studio, I, I didn't work traditional hours. I moved in with them, uh, one, because I was poor, but also <laughs> just the hours I kept, you know, you can't get daycare for three in the morning it's not that
0: easy <laughs> so did your daughter stay with you or you guys split custody 50-50. and all that jive okay. yeah 50 50 and,
1: and uh, back and forth every other week and uh you know i live with my parents doing that so i could keep the studio going and doing mm-hmm. live sound and giving them a stable environment then once they were in high school my kids uh the last two and a half years actually uh we flipped it and it's me and Heather, my ex, we, we get along great Mm -hmm. now. It was rough in the beginning, but, uh, uh, for two and a half years, we, uh, let the kids stay in one house and we went back and forth.
0: (laughs) Okay. Wow. So so we did that. Wow. Yeah. That's a different, you know, different way of doing
1: it. I, I highly, highly recommend it, man. If you want to know what kids got to go through going back and forth, parents should step up and, and try it out. See what the kids got to go through, you know, because I mean, that's there their,
0: you go, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's
1: their formative years and they're being tossed back and forth and two different, you know, and me and Heather really kind of got on the same page as far as parenting went and kept them in the same house. And we went back and forth and, you know, we were able to go out and do stuff together on, you know, dinners together and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it really worked out pretty well given the,
0: <laughs> yeah, given circumstances. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So now you're, uh, you know, you got, what, what is your daughter's name?
1: Um, um her, her name's Stephanie Moon, but she goes perf- by Charlie Moon.
0: Charlie Moon. Charlie and, Moon. Uh, and does she have a website or anything like that? that um, people can check out?
1: you can find her like on SoundCloud and uh, her first okay. record that we did early on in her high school days, uh, uh, is on iTunes and, and Amazon. Uh, the album is called when zombies attack. And that's kind of her, her, uh, her growing up album. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, she kind of, I think she appreciates it a little bit more now, but she, she wanted to really kind of distance herself from it for a while cause it was such a, just a high school
0: album. She's you know? a and, kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what do you, what do you have coming out? Are you, are you just doing Char- Charlie moon or are you doing anything else, anything and, else you should be looking for? Well, or?
1: Tyson's project that I'm doing right now, um, uh, that's tentatively called Stereo Eyes, uh, but they've okay. done some other albums. Uh, there's Buffalo Chrome that you can find, I think on Amazon. Okay. Um, Will of the Flesh was the last one. Uh, Tyson Bruce is his solo album that we uh, buried ourselves in here for a year. And, and he, he, he did everything. <laughs> and did what
0: you didn't want to do ever again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, that was actually a, a fun record. And, and, that record, he he's a guitar player, actually a bass player. Uh, he played in some old uh, bands, uh, Long Tall Sally, and uh, what was the other band? Totally drawn a to blank right now. Anyways, Long Tall Sally, and uh, I can't remember. But anyways, uh, so he, for the his solo record, he taught himself how to play drums. He just locked himself in the <laughs> studio and learned how to play drums, and then we... Did a, as soon as he could figure out the song, we he's, we recorded it. <laughs> he's that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Well, um, this new record, we're looking at maybe taking it to uh, Big Bass Brian and uh, going uh, dude, back to him.
0: I love that. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Putting um, it Big out on Bass vinyl. Brian Gardner, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Big Bass Brian Gardner.
0: Dude, I remember going into that mastering studio. Uh, for the first Dave Zaker album, and just like, oh, this is this is Big Bass Brian's <laughs> place, and you know I got to see the green and the yellow knobs, and there's like there's like you know there's tapes or whatever. Uh, Everyone you can in, imagine, and yeah, like legit stuff on the walls. Well, I that got a I, story. You
1: know. I got a story. I was in there with Brandon. Uh, okay, Evil. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we are I don't mm-hmm. know what we were mastering. I mean, we mastered pretty much everything there. So I was there quite yeah. a bit for a while, but, uh, we go in there and, uh, and there's a stack of dats sitting on, uh, on the, that's
0: what it was. Dats. The, dats were everywhere. Everywhere.
1: They were rubber banded together. There was a stack of like 10 of them and Brandon goes, Oh, what's this? And he picks it up and, and Brian's "Oh, yeah, that's the new, uh, Janet Jackson, uh, greatest hits album. He goes, oh, and he like squeezed it a little bit too hard, and they went flying everywhere. And Brian's going, oh my god! He goes, those were the order of the songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
0: so he had to call you. Know, the, are you the, sure that was Brandon and not me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that was Brandon. It's like, oops.
0: That is a mark move, a hundred percent. Oh, Brandon. <laughs>
1: Oh, you know, mixed by every different person. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: no, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's a good one. Well, I think that's I think that's a good one to end on. I mean, we're we're up against it time wise. I right hate on. to say that. I I hate that. <laughs> you know, and in all honesty, like I think people should know. Like I could talk to Bob Moon about all of his discography. I mean, we didn't even cover like Ignite, we didn't cover Bloodshed, we didn't cover Unashamed, who is a band that right. doesn't really get talked about a whole lot anymore, but but they there were legit focused, you know. Mm-hmm. Like dude, you're you've done a lot of work, man, and I'm super proud of you that you <laughs> came Thanks. through the darkness, dude, and you're just <laughs> like jogging along man i think i think it's great you yeah
1: know? i, I yeah. love it now man i got no regrets and uh uh i love where the industry is actually right now <laughs> oh, <laughs> everyone, It's awesome. i hear one yeah. more old man cry about his songwriters and all that crap and it's just like dude <laughs> sitting there crying about it isn't going to change anything man it is what Save it is it. and let's figure out a yep. new model and let's uh let's do this everyone's got access now um
0: amen brother
1: and it's uh, it's fun man I I feel like we're kind of pioneering a new you know what what the new model is going to be we're trying to figure it out you know
0: (laughs) ah yes many thanks to the legend himself that's you Bob Moon thank you Bob thank you for uh all your help early on, all your help through throughout the years, on behalf of myself, and I, I think it's uh, no big reach to say on behalf of about a thousand other bands, thank you to to you for helping us uh, all these years. Uh never was Do yourself a favor. Go check out Bob's daughter Charlie, Charlie Moon Music. Um you can find her on Facebook. Facebook.com backslash Charlie Moon Music. She's got a she's got an untitled song on there right now that is freaking beautiful, man. It's just her and a ukulele. I don't know. A kid can sing and 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 she can write. It's good. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, do that. You'll be happy you did. Let's see. This show was produced by Billy Power of Urban Achiever, uh, the Urban Achiever podcast at UrbanAchievershow.com. Uh, You can find this and all previous episodes at INeverWas.com. And uh, you can find both this show and Billy's show on iTunes. Uh, Please jump on there, subscribe, comment, be nice, be honest, be a kitten chasing a butterfly on the back of a unicorn beneath the rainbow that is me. Check it out. And finally, most of the music you heard today is uh, from my latest album, the self-titled White Lighter on Northern Records. Go to the site, get yourself some jams. That's northernrecords.com. The band is White Lighter. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting. If, uh, if you have anything that you want to talk about on this show, send me an email. Uh, email me at thetwilightsown at ineverwas.com that's the Twilight Zone at INEVERWAS.com. Uh, and let's try something let's uh, let's keep it to two hundred words or two hundred characters or less. You know? Uh two hundred words. I mean, that's better than Twitter. You can do that. Two hundred words or less, shoot me an email. Let me know what's on your mind. Something you want to talk about, something you, you heard that you liked, something you didn't like. Uh, who knows? Put it on the show and See what everybody else's reaction is. We'll see if you're alone on an island or if you speak for the rest of us. Until then, thank you so much again for listening and uh, Rainbow Out.